Stu. Jeffy. Uh, we haven't <laughs> solved this problem yet, have we? <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna, were you gonna skip the point today or uh, no? Every but day, no, I, course, I, I just want to know. We'll do the obnoxious, irritating, stupid point. Uh, and he, of course, has the microphone off, which is always, it's always good. Common. It's a yeah. It's how we do things here on the Patents Two mm. Show, and it's mm. why we're the nine thousandth uh, most known show in, the, in America. It's because of people like you, Jeffy. <laughs> That's why Bill Nye has a show on Netflix and we're on the freaking blaze. I mean, come mm. on. What, what is this place? Yeah, That's unbelievable. <laughs> the Bill Nye thing, it is. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I'd much rather have a show uh, like this than that uh, one. Yes. I will wow. say that. Uh, it's it's terrible. How, how incredible is it that Bill Nye has turned this idiotic children's show he did a million years ago mm-hmm. into some level of a career? Yeah, which he just goes around and tells people how stupid they are right. because they don't listen to science when he's not a scientist. How stupid they are to believe in uh, religion, to believe in God. Mm-hmm. How stupid they are not to believe in climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only person, I guess, well, who uh, has this whole thing figured out. And now how stupid they mm-hmm. are to not recognize that there are more than two genders. Like, that's now a science discussion somehow. Yeah. That's no longer like, you know, the, the, you want to say, like, look, we think there are uh, other things that we want to describe ourselves as. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, I guess, you know, we can do that. We got I mean, that. We, uh, we actually have the clip coming up in a few minutes. Um, you you want to do it now? Should we just do it since yeah, we're sure. talking about it? Sure. Yeah, what the heck? Uh, here's, here's what we're discussing. Well, we should more and more and more before we just air this thing out of nowhere. Mm. This is the worst thing you'll ever see. <laughs> Now, I want you to know that this is a program that airs this man's face on television every day. Uh, There he is. That one. That guy. Right there! That guy is on television every day, and we're telling you the worst thing you are ever going to see is about to happen. It's not happening right now. I want you to understand that because it's that important. Well, they don't understand that until they see this okay, because the they it's think unbelievable. That that's the worst right thing yeah. ever possible. It's unbelievable. That's so nice. All right. Well, so that's here's so nice what Bill Nye did on his uh, on a recent show, which is called Bill Nye Saves the World or something. Mm-hmm. Guy doesn't think much of himself, does he? Yeah. Here it is. Oh, you think you're so smart. Did you learn gay in college? Here with all of that while I drop some knowledge. Sexuality's a spectrum, everyone is on it. Even you might like it if you sit up on it. Drag queen, drag king, just do what ah. feels right. You're tall, pansexual, flirty woods, right? Who enjoys a what? in the cold moonlight? With a sad clown, Skyping via satellite. Dance, Skippy home slice, sing it with me all night. That's how you want it's your right. Cause my sex junk. He's so, oh, 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 much more than either, oh, oh, oh. Get off your soapbox, get off your soapbox. My sex junk's better than bagels with locks. Oh, that is unbelievable. Holy crap, is that horrible. <laughs> that is it's impossible to describe how awful that is. If you're listening on Blaze Radio right now, you need to go to the internet and watch that, and it will ruin your life. <laughs> The idea, first of all, the idea that they thought... I love the cutaway to Bill Nye, who's trying who's like, to do... Who's doing, like, the like Oprah he, thing. You ever, you ever watch, yes. it, like, Oprah or, or Ellen, no. when the music's going on, they'll go, they'll go shoot her, and, and she'll be, like, you know, singing along and not knowing the words and dancing awkwardly. He's, like, at the DJ platform, kind of, you know, on the ones and the twos, which are not the ones and the twos anymore, and, and trying to, like, show how cool he is. But oh, the idea man. that... I mean, 
Man, oh man. What was that last line? My sexuality is better than bagel with locks? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you... What the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. How could anyone, anyone think that that was a good idea? It's, it's absolutely incredible that someone thought doing that was a good idea. It's horribly <laughs> written. It's horribly sung. They mm-hmm. can't dance. It's horribly produced. It's not funny. It's and it makes a terrible science. Right. This guy's always talking about science deniers. That's anti-science. I'm sorry. It is either or. You're either a girl or you're a boy. It is either or. It's that simple. Sorry. Uh, and, and and you're obviously like I, you know, you're right on this. But it's like it's so offensive to me at how horrible it is. I almost can't even focus on the point. Like the point's obviously terrible. But mm. it's incredibly. L- look mean, at these lyrics right here. Show. Look, at oh, look at him. Oh, God. My sex track is so oh, oh, oh. Much more than either or, or, or. Get off your soapbox. You're not on your soapbox here? Are you not on your soapbox making a point here? My sex junk is better than bagels with locks. The person who <laughs> typed that should have their fingers removed. <laughs> it, it's incomprehensible that someone could have done that and decided to put it on television. I, I, it's so bad. It's, it's so bad. So it should, it bad. should end Netflix. It should, really, they should it really just should. shut down operations. Yes. They're like, you know what? We're making billions and billions of dollars, but it's just not worth it <laughs> after that. It's not worth it. If something in that, like that it's can slide that through our system, it's just, you know what? Not only should Netflix be shut down, the internet should be shut down after that. <laughs> they should just turn the whole thing off. Maybe power, electricity in general should be, we, maybe we should get rid of it. It's that bad. I've, I've mm-hmm. never, I don't think I've ever seen a worse effort at trying to attempt to do something than that. It, think of like 50 cents pitch, first pitch at that baseball game was way better oh, than yeah. that. There's, oh, yes. like, it's almost impossible to attempt to do a task and come out with a worse result than what you've just seen. But my sex junk's better than bagels with locks, Stu. Uh, so... It's you, can't, you can't combat that, can you? Comprehensible. You, You're right, right, I can't. I dumbfounded you. It's like... <laughs> I, so I just... Bad. I know. I, it's inconceivable. It's it really inconceivable. is. It and, really and is. I don't know. Maybe that word doesn't mean what we think it means. But that is <laughs> one of the... Th- you, like, there's a lot of stuff on the internet. Like, remember we were, you know, like, there was that song that went viral a few years ago when it was about Fridays... <laughs> It was like the girl just like jumping in the back of the car and singing about yeah, Fridays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a th- everything mock. Like there's always one of those videos out in which someone attempts to do something poorly. This is a show by the ne- the the organization spending more money on content than any other company in the world. Yeah, I wonder what Netflix paid. Look at this. And they thought that was a good idea. Right. I, I can't believe it. It's almost like, in all seriousness, just pay out the contract. Just, you know, you, you, you thought, hey, Bill Nye, people know that guy. You got, you know, we have a million dollars for a new show. You, you watch that and you say, just keep the million. You're, no one's ever going to see that under any circumstances, at least not tied to our name. You know what? What we're going to do is we're going to release it, but we're going to say it's from Hulu. So we destroy their business. <laughs> I, I, you can't go far enough in saying how horrible that show is. 
I agree. I, I, I almost like I, I almost want to go back now and, and see more. Um, just so we can mock it. I can there's, we, there's 13 shows. And they all, and like Netflix, typically, they release them all at once, I would assume? Yes. And they, uh, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is their uh, headline for the show. Uh, first of all, they're calling it season one. Dear God, please make it so that there is no season two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Emmy winning host Bill Nye. Of course, he won the Emmy for his science guy show 18, you know, 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah, in the 1800s. Ex- Expert uh, brings experts and famous guests to his lab for a talk show exploring scientific issues that touch our lives. That's that, a scientific that is not issue. A scientific issue that touches your Bill life. Nye that, saves that the bipeds, world. Bipeds, bipeds with vaginas are have a voice. Uh, have a voice, and they're they're uh, they're not women. They're not necessarily women. If they're a biped with a vagina, that doesn't mean they're a woman. And Pat, to the hmm. point here. Okay. Huh. To, to the point here. Huh? Is, what is the value of this? Let's just say you think you're, I don't know, a 17th gender. And, you know, Jeffy thinks you're a, you're a girl. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's your situation. You're a girl. You think, you think you're some other, you're pansexual. Jeffy thinks you're, some, you're, you're a woman. Why would this be the thing that drives your life? The, to to, to mm. what, convince Jeffy that you're something else? That there's some new word describing what you are and it's different than the other people with vaginas that he's seen before? What, 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 what would drive you to make that the central focus of your life as it seems to be for so many? Why? What, where, where's the value in this? What does it get you in the end? What is the end game here? Because if it's just, hey, you know what? Jeffy decides to call you pansexual instead of Jeffy calling you female. Why does anyone give a flying F what Jeffy thinks about you? Nobody does. No one in his family does. No one he works with does. No one in history has ever cared what Jeffy thought about someone. Yet people sit there and make the entire focus of their lives what Jeffy thinks of their genitals. He is a biped, though. He is a biped. He is a biped. What is a biped? Again? It's a person with two legs, two feet. Like, a, tr- like a tripod, like but a, with, with, uh-huh. except with two? Yeah. You got, you got two limbs there that are moving you around. Mm. So that's pretty descriptive of what, what a man or a woman is. You're, you're a biped because I don't really know what else you are based on what I'm looking at. You have to tell me what you identify with, and it could be one of eighty-two things or whatever. I, I don't know. It's the weirdest. We're in the weirdest place. I mean, really it is hard are. to believe that anybody in the history of the planet has been in a weirder place than we are right now. And yet, I mean, fire and brimstone has rained down on cities because they were in a pretty bad place. It seems. I mean, can it? Could it have been worse than this? <sighs> Could it really have been worse than this? I can tell you this. Jeez. No previous civilization in global history had to deal with that Bill Nye song. Right. We're the only ones. That is true. It's just us. That is true. We're in that battle all by ourselves, and it's that one I think anyone can win. Because you air that plays once, and, and civilization is destroyed. And that's where we are. I'd be on the lookout for brimstone falling from the sky today. I'd be on the lookout for it. Because uh, I think it's a clear possibility. Uh, after that, yeah, I- I'd be. Yeah. I'm begging for brimstone. <laughs> Jeez, please. That is unbelievable. Unreal. 
Uh, something happened yesterday that was pretty interesting, though. This Debbie Schlussel or Schlussel. You know why she says her name? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Jeffy? Um, we'll cut you for a pronunciation effort. You're a biped. You can probably pronounce your name. Debbie Schlussel. Okay. Schlussel? Debbie Schlussel. She's a former Fox News guest, appeared on uh, local radio on Friday and recounted. She recanted her. Uh, she recanted, not recounted, this is recounted. She recanted her statement about uh, Sean Hannity sexually well, harassing her. She may have also recounted it. Did she well, recount she, it? She counted it and then she recounted it. That and is then possible. she recanted it. Yes. She did both of those things. Um, she counted it, then she recounted it. Yeah. And now she's recanted it. Okay. Because she, she has, she is saying, like, uh, first she said, Sean Hannity came out and said, oh, well, you gotta come to my hotel room. And then she said, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't call it sexual harassment. Like her, her, she didn't. She's not saying the event didn't happen. She's just saying it's not sexual harassment. I guess he's basically saying she hit, he hit on her. Yeah, by asking her back to the room. Right. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I also don't know it's because why Sean I care uh, about he he threatened litigation, and you know, I I guess that's what what it's going to take to stop some of this nonsense is to say, look, I'm, I'm going to sue your ass off. I I will own your home. If you continue to libel me, well, especially with the pile on now, right? I mean, yeah. it's, there, it, yep. that, that's all it's become now, and you don't know what's true and what's not. So, if it's not true, fight back. So that apparently worked pretty well because she has now recanted. Well, what she recounted, she did. She said, "I never thought I was sexually harassed by Sean Hannity. I thought he was weird and creepy and not someone I liked." <laughs> um, after the interview, uh, Hannity basically said. Uh, Look, uh, I'm going to sue you. Uh, She responded to Hannity's legal threats, telling LawNews.com that she believed they were laughable. And she was also contemplating countersuing him based on his statements on Sunday in which he called her a serial harasser. Um, The reason why the serial harasser thing is she was the person behind the rumor that, uh, um, again, this is what Hannity mentioned, um, that he that she was the one behind the rumor um, that Hannity was taking money from a charity event he was doing and like using it for private jet flights all over the place and abusing oh. the charity. Yeah. Um, this is several years ago. And the um, charity said that was completely not true. Yeah, the charity said that was not true. not true. Um, and there was never any, you know, consequence of that. Uh, uh, she said that his freedom concerts were a huge scam. Um, and so they've been in a, a fight for a while and she seems to say something outlandish uh, or controversial about Sean Hannity every few months. Um, uh, so I, I don't know that it's particularly notable. I would say I, I have not seen anyone who has believed, friend or foe of Sean Hannity, who has believed her, her comments. I've not seen anyone. Now, there, that doesn't say that there isn't anyone. Um, but, like, there are people who seem to think Bill O'Reilly is guilty. I have not seen the evidence of that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, however, either. it does seem like there are definitely people who think Bill O'Reilly did a lot of bad things. I have not seen anyone say that about Sean Hannity. Um, so... You know, I, I don't think anyone's really putting... And now that she's backing off of it, too, it doesn't seem like anyone's really yeah, putting real stock I don't stock think it's going to go anywhere. Triple eight seven two seven beck 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu coming up in a second. Uh, you know, there is that report from the Environmental Working Group, and it's warning a lot of us. 218 million Americans, we've been exposed to cancer-causing tap water. Uh, there could be lots of stuff in your water that's just not good for you. Yeah, and think about the most extreme case, for example, Flint, Michigan, where there's real health effects that are notable and, and, and have been widely discussed. You need something, uh, you know, you don't need that situation to yeah. want to take steps to be 
safe and careful. Our friends at Alexa Pure uh, have developed the solution for you. They have the Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system. This thing is great. It removes up to 99.9999% of contaminants from your drinking water. Uh, you know, we're talking parasites, bacteria, lead, pesticides, uh, pharmaceuticals, chromium-6, arsenic, more. The Kind of the litany of things you don't want in your water. Uh, well, the Alexa Pure makes sure they're not in your water. Each Pro Filter has a capacity of up to 5,000 gallons. So, you know, there's, you know, it's pennies per gallon. Uh, give them a call, 888-895-7746 or online at getalexapure.com. You're going to save $20 off the retail price. Even if you're not really worried about chromium-6, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's something about drinking water out of the tap. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. So if you're like me, if you become a water purist, call 888 or go to getalexapure.com. That's getalexapure.com. Uh, walk yeah. us through uh, so, the rest of the show. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's go to Twitter because Twitter is the uh, always a good con- contributor to uh, the program and to our uh, discourse. I think overall, you'd definitely say Twitter oh. helps everyone. Uh, here yeah. are some here are moments from Twitter that I noticed yesterday that are infuriating. First of all, Samantha Powers. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Yes. She was the, uh, so the wife Obama? of, uh, of uh, uh, Sunstein. Sunstein? Cass Sunstein. Sunstein. And she was one of the big Obama um, UN people, right? Yeah. She, I can't remember her exact title. She, Do you remember? She, was, she yeah. was the secretary of the UN, right? With what, she, uh, she was the Dickie Haley? Face, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Ambassador. I, ambassador. ambassador. I, I couldn't remember UN, what her... Secretary. I think she held a couple different... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and she was behind some policy of, uh, I don't know, love to Palestinians or... Right. Oh, yeah. Anti-Israel thing or I don't know what it was. So she has this huge platform and she's in the administration for all those years and could do a lot of things. Um, and uh, she finally tweets this yesterday when she's out of power. I'm very sorry that during our time in office, we, the Obama administration did not recognize the Armenian genocide. That's a good time for that. Yeah. Because uh, you could have... A little late, huh? Pretty much just set... You could have done the, sent that tweet a couple mm. years ago, and you mm-hmm. would have recognized mm-hmm. the Armenian genocide. I know it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's the president's policy and blah, blah, blah. It's a weird one, though. I'm surprised Obama didn't do that. Because it's kind of a feel-good issue. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's one that I think is overtly clear to everyone that it was a genocide with the exception uh of the uh, one group of people who don't want to say that's true and it's it kind of weird that you, they didn't do that um secondly another tweet this one's from uh, chelsea clinton now chelsea everyone's saying she's running for something it seems like she's got the books out for the children she's talking all the time she's tweeting all the time she's criticizing politics and then yesterday Holocaust Remembrance Day, she tweets this wonderful moment from her childhood, a letter that she sent to Ronald Reagan when she was five. Dear Mr. President, I have seen the sound of music. The Nazis don't look like very nice people. Please don't go to their cemetery. Sincerely, Chelsea Clinton. Oh, God. I think she was just impressed with herself that she could write that at five. Yes, and I mean... Could she? Uh, I doubt it. Could she? I doubt Did it. Did she understand the Nazis uh, at five? Uh, Did no. she? No. My she son's five. They, I don't they think didn't she look very nice. And you know how to judge people by the way they look, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, that's clear. 
That's the liberal lesson. That's, uh, uh, yeah. Ju- judge them by the color of their skin. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dear uh, God, stop Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, Sarah, whatever, she's ever, trying to do. whatever she's trying to do. Now, she said after this, people were like, oh, because even the left is like, all right. Because someone, I think um, one of the crazy people from like Think Progress or something tweeted, Okay, we need to find a liberal to stop her running for Congress in this area. Like, even the left yeah. is like, no. And she retweeted it, tweeted again and said, I'm not running for anything. I keep saying this. Like, she's even saying, but who knows? It seems like she is, though. Like, yeah. here's a cute minute one from my childhood. Here's a very balanced mm-hmm. and sensible critique of the other side, which, you know, uh, forwards the base's interests and concerns. It's like she keeps doing that type of thing, and it's, it feels like they want this to happen. They want the Chelsea thing to happen. And she's scaring the hell out of us because we don't, uh, we don't want none of that. We're all, we're, we don't we're want tired. none of that. Okay, here's the, here's the title. Uh, Jeffy, okay. here's, your, here's the title of your article. Please, God, stop Chelsea Clinton from whatever she's doing. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about yesterday. The last thing the left needs is the third iteration of a failed political dynasty. No, is it, no is kidding, it a man. failed political dynasty? I mean, certainly Hillary's. I, I don't think it's I don't failed, think though. Bill's. One was president, one was uh, senator. I, I'd say that's not so failed. And secretary of state. Right. Right. Uh, she, I mean, she's right. A, she, I think you could say Hillary Clinton is a failed a candidate. She did have roles in government, but like the same way I would say John Kerry was a failed candidate. I mean, he was a senator for a million years. He was secretary of state. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I still look at him as a failed candidate. Um, you know, someone was uh, I was reading something today about someone who worked on campaigns and, and was talking about how there's not like incredible brilliance behind these campaigns in real life. They're all just a smidge away from blowing it or succeeding. Like, you know, the Barack Obama campaign of 2008 was this close in reality, a couple of wrong steps at the wrong time, and they would have lost. And McCain would have been a genius. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all that close. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why people kept, you know, saying at the beginning, and we, we said this, you know, pretty much throughout with Trump, and that in a 17-person race where there were a lot of good candidates, I did not think Trump had any chance at all. But when you get down to a two-person race or 2.1 with Gary Johnson, uh, <laughs> anything can happen. Like, for example, there could be a letter from the FBI director saying one of the candidates is under investigation 10 days before, and all of a sudden, a seven-point lead goes to a two-point lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's enough to, uh, to make it close. Uh, it's an interesting thing how that works, and when you get into a one-on-one, and that's why I think people are worried about what's going on in France. Yeah. Everyone's like, Macron is, is going to win, and he's a centrist, which by no definition... Um, at least in our world, is he a centrist? However, uh, Le Pen, a, a, a massive terrorist attack a couple weeks before that election? Or actually, I guess we are already a couple. We have two weeks, I think, until they actually do the mm-hmm. election. A massive terrorist attack in this period could easily make it that she wins that election. You know, some major event, an economic collapse, some, you know, who knows? I mean, she probably only has a 10 to 20% chance of winning it, but she might win it. That is a chance. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of times people uh, overlook that. Um, and I got to give you this. This is another thing I saw on the Twitters. It's one of the most uh, disturbing uh, polls. I can't believe we didn't get to this on uh, on uh, the radio show today. Uh, Pew asked uh, a bunch of questions, um, including this one. Do you prefer a bigger government that offers more services or a smaller one that offers fewer services? Uh, 48 to 45 of the American people say they want a bigger government. That offers more services. This is the first time that the metric uh, is, was evenly split since 2008. Um, they asked specifically uh, what do they want as far as um, what do they want to spend more on. And what you'll find here is an interesting mix of yes and yes. They want more money 
for every single thing <laughs> in every single category measured. You can understand veterans' benefits. Yeah, let's okay. go back to oh, the wait, top. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. Can we go no, back down? Uh, let's scroll the wrong way. Go, go back to the top. Must be a graphic and let's built. do that maybe a little slower. Yeah, let's Thank hold you. on. So veterans' benefits and services. Now, that goes uh, in four years, a plus 22. 75% say yes. But, yeah, you know what? Understandable. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, and that's one that conservatives agree on, so you kind of get that. Education's at 67%. Yeah, from it's six, up 7%. Seven points. I mean... We already spend more money than any other nation in the history of the world. And more money than any nation on earth today. So, money's not the answer. No. I wish people would get that. Rebuilding highways, bridges, and roads, 58% of us. But again, up 20%. Yeah, from 38 to 58 in Jeez. four years. And this is what happens when you don't have an opposition party. Medicare, of wait, course. Wait, wait, real quick, because when you have one in 2013 you had one side of the argument saying our bridges and roads are all crumbling we need more money we need more money we need more money and then the other side of the aisle said wait a minute we can't just be spending money we don't have any of this money to spend we can't just be pouring money into projects to make us feel good now we have one side of the aisle saying we need more money there's crumbling bridges we need all our money they're still saying it but now the other side of the aisle is also saying it. They're also saying we need more money that we don't have to spend on these things. Yeah. And now that's how you get a 20-point move. You have no opposition party on some of these issues. And when it comes to spending, is there an opposition party at all? No. I mean, it's, it's either you want to spend a lot more or just a lot more. It's because there's no roads. We have to rebuild the roads. They're gone. The well, roads just imploded. And the bridge is all collapsed. And so, what are you going to do? Roads? You know, you, you need roads. roads. You need roads. Where we're going, no, we don't, don't need, need no roads. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffy. It's good. Uh, Medicare, 51%. That's up 15. Healthcare, 50%. Want more? That's up 12%. Scientific research, 48 to 37. That's up uh, 11. Anti-terrorism. I, I'm surprised this one is higher. 46% uh, say more spending on that. That's up 14%. Military defense. Uh, up 14. Environmental protection. Up 13. Social security. security up up five. five. Assistance to needy in the U.S. Up eight. Let me give you this next one, which I think is amazing. Jeez. Assistance to needy in the world. So we're talking about global aid, right? That's something that's never popular. Even that one has moved eight points to more spending. 21 to 29%. Government assistance to the unemployed, 24 to 29%, a five-point swing. And the smallest swing, which State Department and American <laughs> You're embassies... You're even saying, yeah, after more on that. Many more on that. Uh, one point uh, more. <laughs> Incredible. They've moved to the left on every, every issue. single issue. This is what happens when you have... I mean, look, you could say you like Donald Trump and some of the stuff he's doing. But when you run a presidential candidate who's arguing for a $1 trillion stimulus program and a $680 billion maternity care program... What you get is the entire populace says spending is good. And then you have something that runs away with itself. You know, we're, we're definitely at that risky period right now. Um, we're at the risky period, for example, when the left was always saying we wanted more money on health care. We need more money for health care. And then George W. Bush found his heart, the compassionate conservative inside of him, and said, you know what we need? Medicare Part D. And what happened? We got it. We got it because the Republicans mm -hmm. broke down. Not because the liberals supported more spending on health care. They always did. It was because the Republicans broke down and they started supporting it. So then we got it. There was no opposition on the issue. All, the only opposition was, should we spend even more than this? And it's, it, this is why we get in trouble. It's how you get $20 trillion in debt. And it's how you get $40 trillion in debt. And it's how you get $100 trillion in debt. And more and more and more and more.
I just want to eat now. That's all. That's all. We still, Let's get we... the spoons. What are we having for spoons today? I'm just... Oh. I'm, I mean, well, this, this is just... Is... I'm so depressed, I just want to eat. While it's you're so looking at that, I'll look at uh, one more, uh, one more uh, result from the Twitters. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt Walsh, yes. Uh, our own Matt Walsh, yeah. uh, tweeted yesterday with the uh, picture involved in the tweet, uh, my vagina has its own voice. Mm-hmm. Captioned every day, I feel more and more disappointed that God promised not to flood the earth again. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my point about the fryer brimstone, right? Yep. Kind of the po- same sure point. Is. Yeah, we're all a little frustrated today. Mm. Some more uh, classic sodas on Soda Week this week, including Nickel Cola. You notice that? You notice it's that? It's always, always soda. sodas or some so- kind of sodas chip. or crackers. It is or always soda on Soda Week, yes. <laughs> we also have uh, butterscotch beer. Like root Ooh. beer, but butterscotch ah. beer. Okay. I bet you that might be good. More Pat and Stu yeah. coming up. Hmm. Including butterscotch beer uh, later on. Yeah. And Caitlyn Jenner. No, well, maybe Yeah, we, we got Caitlyn. Or we could skip it. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> through the rest of this program. I've already asked you to do that. Uh, well, but, but my walking to, uh, us through was to hand control you. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because I just, you know, you have uh, such unique perspective on the issues of the uh, day. It is and, true. And particularly this one it coming up that you're about to mention. Yeah, that, which one is that? Uh, well, the, one you, the one we just discussed that you were going to go to. I don't to. think we discussed I, one that I was going to go to. Uh, you must not remember, but I will say this. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. ultimate confidence Do you? Uh, that whatever you're about to say is going to be interesting enough for me to almost go home. You know, like get up at it and go to my car, yeah. you know, because I'm so confident mm. in your uh, in, in interesting and unique perspectives on this coming issue. OK, uh, my, <laughs> my perspective is that you should probably walk <laughs> us through the rest of the show. <laughs> Jeffy, you are such an amazing man and your unique perspectives are so. Oh, everybody's been clamoring. Okay. What does wow. Jeffy what think does about think all this about stuff? That? Well, and we'll find so... out, I guess, in the Jeffy segment. Uh, coming up in just just a moment. Uh, all right, HuffPost for some reason is now the HuffPost instead of the Huffington Post. Uh, yeah, it's uh, weird. I, I don't really care, uh, but I am mildly interested in it because it's, it's first weird of all, that they're trying to distance themselves from uh, Ariana. Ariana. Yeah, it does seem like that's and now they're like, we're not. By the way, we're not distancing ourselves. We love what she's done, but you know, it's things have changed, and we're just trying to adapt to the realities. It's like that type of uh, pitch. But the reality is, no one calls it that. No one. I've never heard anyone mm. call it HuffPost. I've no. heard HuffPost. HuffPo. HuffPo. Or Huff Huffington Post. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard HuffPost. I, 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 I don't. Either. I don't. I've never heard it called that ever. I, I, you know, you kinda, I don't think I have either. I don't think I've ever actually heard until today someone say, "Oh, on the HuffPost." They'll right. say on HuffPo, or they'll say or on the Huffington, Huffington Post. Post. Yeah. Either or. And you know what's crazy about it is Weird. this thing years ago. What eight? 10 years ago, was worth $315 million to AOL. Mm-hmm. Think of that. They bought it for $315 Think million. Dollars. I, I, that's inconceivable to me. I mean, I, 10 years ago, I barely even knew what HuffPo was. And, and it was already this incredible, uh, incredibly valued, at least by AOL. And, uh, you know, could we get $315 million for the Blaze? 
I, I don't I think don't so. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, know, you can't get it for a lot of websites. Yeah, I know. You know um, it's really bizarre I'll that. I'll tell it you was, what: if someone wants to buy the Blaze for three hundred fifty, give us a call. Dollars, Call uh, us. Call us. Yes. And uh, it oh. could soon be yours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can maybe talk about it. I don't know. I, just, Do you I don't know. Oh, it no, it's yours. It, I think Glenn might listen at least <laughs> to make that offer. Oh, you want to involve Glenn? Yeah. Oh, probably, I'm sorry. Probably should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I'll sell it for $315 million. Yeah, it's you can't yours. sell what is not yours. Uh, I don't know if you're aware uh, of that. You are sadly um, mistaken on that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so do feminist professors even know what the word rape means uh last week inside higher ed published an essay from an anonymous feminist professor that uh you really have to read to be able to believe in it she describes being triggered into literal hysterics by a male student's essay at one point saying she screamed at her computer screen Zero! You get an effing zero! <laughs> a student allegedly uh, bluntly questioned the existence of rape culture. Oh my and gosh. that caused her to compare the student to a, a man she claimed uh, raped her many years ago. Uh, she says, I imagined him being friends with my rapist. Though the man who raped me is now significantly older than this student, he's frozen in the 18 to 22 age bracket in my mind. How, I wondered... Could I possibly evaluate this student's work in an unbiased fashion? Such a request would involve me living an, an entirely different life than the one I have lived. Uh, so because this student said that he didn't apparently believe there was a rape culture, which, by the way, I, I don't think there's a rape culture either. Uh, she uh, equates this kid to a rapist. I mean, that's... This is what's uh, kind of problematic on our campuses. Yeah, I mean, professors are so uh, ideologically driven. It's incredible. Well, to to show you how incredible it is, listen to what she writes about a moment in talking to this uh, particular uh, person and and how this develops. It was the middle of the semester, and we were covering rape culture. As any feminist instructor who has ever taught about rape culture probably knows, covering this topic is challenging for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes we encounter students who realize that they have been raped. How do you realize that you've been raped in the past? Either you were or you weren't, and you probably knew about it coming into the class, right? I would think so. Uh, For instance, I'm fairly positive I've never been raped. I'm going to go with 100%. And if yeah, I, I attended a class... No, I don't think you can say 100%. I think I can. And if I, I attended, think you can. I think I can. And if I, I'm at least 99.9999% yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could allow okay. for the for a repressed memory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they occasionally, yes. like, there's an abuse situation where someone maybe does... I, I mean, again, those are always... They're confounding to me, but I mean, they've, they've But you know happened. how people realize they were raped. They find out that, well, you have to say yes at every step of the right, way. Like, yeah, and this is like... You can't just say wa- yes at the beginning right. and, then, and then that's it. Like, let me give you an example of what seems to be what they're what? talking about here. Uh, a woman uh, is at a college party. Uh, a girl, she gets uh, drunk and has sex and kind of regrets it after. Like, ah, I, should, right. I got too drunk. That's, now, that's, right. that's rape here. Mm-hmm. Now, look, you can say... Um, you could say all you want that that's a distasteful situation, um, and I think it is. Uh, you could say that it's a. You could. 
You could say that it's a uh, it's not ideal. Uh, you could say that it's problematic. You could say that a lot a lot of things about it. But to say now you and you can also say it's rape if at that time you think it's rape. But you can't retroactively look back at an experience and say, well, it was something I did willingly at the time, but then, you know oh what, I don't gosh. feel good about it now. Right. And I was a little, you know, I was a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was rape. No. That is, uh, I mean, it, honestly, it spits in the face of actual rape victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going back and trying to say this, you're getting convinced by a teacher that an experience that you previously had logically determined was not rape, and a, and a teacher comes to you and says, here are the reasons why you were raped, and then you start believing you were raped, that is, that's spitting in the face of actual victims of that. I'm sorry. That is absolutely absurd. And it goes on to say, other times, students learn that they have actually perpetrated rape and struggle to reconcile that with their images of themselves as good people and not one of those guys. What? So you're saying there are guys sitting in this, like, this, like, oh, wow, we had that wonderful date and it was it went really well. Oh, my God, I raped her. <laughs> like, I, that, I, that is not a thing that can that occur? I don't think so. Because, I mean, I think you could argue with Unless the repressed memory thing. If she had a drink and you had sex with her and you didn't get and you could you could argue that, yeah, you would you feel bad after that where you would say, you know, I probably that. Yeah, know, like, it's probably rape if she's had that. any alcohol in her system, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. now, if you're not pouring the alcohol down her throat, that's nonsense. OK, if she's choosing to drink and then choosing to have sex with you, that's not rape. Uh, come on now. I mean, can can we get real in this culture at all? I mean, obviously not. Uh, that, that's uh, I mean, look, nuts. That's a, it's nuts. It's one thing to say uh, you didn't realize you were raped like as a child and some repressed memory. Yes. So at that's least on different. that side, maybe yeah, you could, you know, like you could come up with a scenario in which you might realize but you're, you're not raped. finding that out in a college but, class. And you're, you're also, finding that out in th- intense therapy. Yes. And you're also never, ever realizing that you perpetrated a rape. No. That I mean, that never happens. Right. You're like, wow, you know. Seemed like it was a nice night, but you know what? I raped her. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm sitting in this class yeah, you know, and we're talking about rape, now that she points yeah, that out, I, I probably I guess I am yeah, a rapist. I should have taken uh, that ambient. Oh wait, what? Yeah, it's like that's just a, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, see, Although, that's a different deal. If you're doing the Bill Cosby thing, yes, okay, but you know that yes, when you're but doing it. You know it, that when you're right? doing it. Yes. That's yes. the point. You know that when you never, you're doing you it. You don't realize that. By the way, someone um, I posted this story yesterday on my Facebook uh, page. Which, if you if you're, I mean, are you not? Following me on Facebook yet? What the heck's wrong with you? Get there. Do it. It's your, ju- it's your duty, I think. As part of this, watching this program, you should follow me, Pat, and mm-hmm. Jeffy on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's, I mean, it's clear. It's part, mm-hmm. of, it's part of your constitutional obligation. And I'm definitely not stalling to scroll down to the right post. Um, but I did. Oh, here it is. Um, so, I re- so I posted this article, and, and uh, Joe Brown commented, Jeffy is the only source I trust on radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, he isn't a rape expert. He's a rape expert. Yeah, so, in which I responded, unfortunately, I am restricted to only liking this comment once. <laughs> That's it. Facebook does it. I don't know why they do it. Uh, so there you go. Triple eight seven two seven back. More coming up in a second. Yeah. Oh, and we have your uh, monologue too. Yes, some, uh, I do think this is the oh, biggest great. story in that. the world. Got to get and, to that. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. as well as the Jeffy segment, and I assume yeah. uh, something about. He made me realize he's been raped. So wait, hold on. It's coming up. Your 
some stories yeah. that Jeffy found. It's not like sharing with us, so we don't have worst to part of my talk day. anymore. Worst part of my day. Hey, Jeffy, what, what do you have for us Hi. today? Hi. How you doing? Hey, Jeffy, I'm... I'm just watching a commercial uh, with the uh, bathtub with the door in it. Know, those, are, those, are, those are sweet, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, do you have one of those? You know, when you start you looking those, at those right? commercials going, you know, that doesn't look too bad. <laughs> that is a moment. The bathtub like. with the door. Yeah, those, I, I'm guessing you have class. one. You those have one. Class. Class. I, we should have one in the house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, it's you really know, just for my mother-in-law. <laughs> right, uh-huh. right. Well, I mean, right, I think the right. question is obvious about the, bo- the, the door uh, bathroom. <laughs> oh, thing oh is, what is that, Stu? No, and I mean this sincerely. Isn't it better? I mean, yes. well, it's really a better idea. Yes, it Forget is. Forget the fact that you're an old person. <laughs> bathtub with the door. No, it's the door mar- is a better mar- idea. Yes, it's marketed for old people, but is it <laughs> a tremendous idea? idea. Yes. No, because the door could easily leak. No, right? no, not no, the way it's not built. The way it's it closes. Built. It's obviously built to make sure it prevents yes. leaks. Yeah, I know it's supposed to, but uh, those things never work. I would think Mr. Oh, freaking Leakages over here right? would know come on. Uh, about this process. But, I mean, in reality... If you're building it, if you're building it from scratch, yes, you're, you're putting, putting a door. In the door. You're putting a door. <laughs> Thank you. You're putting a door. You are. I mean, that's a right. Yes. You just yes. are. You are. It's a door. It just that's what a shower is. A guy built that built right. that thinking it was going to be a bathtub. Never got it quite right. Said, you know what? It's a shower. <laughs> I don't know about that uh, part of it. All right. Anyway, what do you got? Jeffy segment time. What do you got? <laughs> okay, so Gwen Buckles said her three-year-old daughter was playing on the splash pad in her clothes. <clears throat> she went out with, with her mom, and she said it was cold, so she took off her shirt. The hotel employee came up and said, that young girl has to put her shirt back on because she's a little girl. How old is she? Three. Oh, oh my God. Come on. So are we can seriously we, can, at this point? Give me a break. And she was mad. Uh, that she actually, when the employee came up, she's, she said uh, she made her daughter put the cold shirt back on because her son was out there playing as well. Without a shirt. Without a shirt. At three and years then old, it's completely ridiculous. At three, that's insanity. Come, Come on, on now. now. And so they, they're trying to make a big deal about her. Did she look like made... she was four? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. It's very possible that that was the problem. Yeah, but you sure, had the body right. of a four-year-old, they, so yeah, they made her put that shirt back on. <laughs> they did not post a picture, so perhaps, you know. Perhaps That's it's true. Crazy. Perhaps it's true. Dumb. But they posted a thing where they had to have, uh, they, they brought the, the rules of the hotel up and said that uh, swim diapers are required. But then mm-hmm. management sent her a revised list of rules that also adds proper swim attire. Okay. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's a little splash pad. Now, yes. all jokes aside, and, and you know, I mean, we've, we've already started with this you look for. I got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But you're a little kid. Yeah, this kids. is ridiculous. Yeah, at three on. years old, that's stupid. Stupid. And on top of which, in today's world, how dare you, how dare you question that that's a girl? That's a great oh, point. Yeah. How dare you question you should, that's they, a girl? They, they said, she identifying, actually, uh, she, right now she's identifying as a boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go back to your little counter hotel person. And you know what? <laughs> I bet you anything. I, I don't know, you know which, which hotel this was or whatever, but it's like... I bet you, if that was the controversy, the hotel would side with the parent. Right yeah. then and there. Um, the parent, oh. Like, if, oh. if another parent was complaining and saying, why does that girl have her top off? And then the first parent said, well, actually, it's a boy, identifies as a boy. The hotel would side with, those, with that parent. Mm-hmm. But because it's, it's just a... <laughs> A just traditional situation where a little kid... Out the, boy and a girl, oh brother and sister, out in the splash pad. That girl has to put a shirt on. Unreal. Uh, no. 
<laughs> every oh, no. day these stories. It's amazing. They get crazier. It's amazing. And to top it all off today, let's uh, talk about uh, the uh, <clears throat> Sudan. The uh, last uh, northern white rhino uh, is now on Tinder uh, looking for a little love. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> they, he's the last white rhino. And actually, they're trying to use Tinder to raise money to get him uh, fertility treatments because uh, they want him to uh, mate. And he's mated a couple times, but Nothing, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And they're like, we gotta, you know, we got to have the white rhino. we got to have the white rhino. So he's on Tinder. Go ahead and uh, you know, swipe, right, swipe right on twin- Tinder for us, Sudan, <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> the rhino. I like uh, his, uh, his <laughs> I like his uh, ID uh, on his fate. I don't mean to be too forward, but the fate of my species literally depends on me. <laughs> I perform well under pressure. I like to eat grass and chill in the mud. No problem. Six feet tall, 5,000 pounds if it matters. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. That's right? really funny. Come yeah, on. I like that. 5,000 pounds. I like that. Guys, if that it matters. Him, that probably makes him the second um, heaviest person on Tinder, right, Jeffy? <laughs> Why would that? <laughs> I didn't think it mattered. Yeah, oh, no, it is, is the rhino really 5,000 pounds? Wow. I think it does matter. I, I, I think, think you want to know that. You want to know that, right? Yeah. On if, Tinder. It's, if it's a rhino and it's 5,000 pounds, I want to know. Five, 5K. Yeah, I, yeah it yeah, matters. You want to know. It matters. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to the program. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Um, so uh, wonderful world of stew, as uh, all of America is aware. Oh my uh, gosh, that's for- all people are talking about. Well, that's that the- all they're talking about is the new season of, of Wonderful World of Stew and the David Horowitz book. Uh, well, there, there's two things. There's yeah, a, those two things yeah. is all people. Well, everybody's talking about the Horowitz. Thank book. Thank you. It's just but Americans. The, the other thing that the only other thing people talk about is Wonderful World of Stew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, wonderful world and BYU of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a world is too. I had the. Uh, I'm premiere. not obsessed. No, no, at not all. at all. It's interesting sports. that you're obsessed about not college baseball, though, man. That's that's a tough. That's a tough. That's because there's 122 that days. That's because there's only 122 days left uh, before football. Yes, so. 122 days, uh, 14 hours. <laughs> and about 25 minutes until kickoff. <laughs> until kickoff. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm a huge sports fan, as you know. But And I can get it. Like, I can get into. I even watched a hockey game this weekend. Like a, pr- uh, a pro, NHL? An NHL playoff game. Uh, the St. Louis Blues wrapped up their I series. I cannot yeah. get into. I can't watch. I like hockey. Yeah. Well, my family. I, I have uh, several members of my family that are huge Blues fans. Uh, yeah, really? Um, so, And I guess the Blues are one of the only original teams that have never won. Maybe the only original team that has never won the Stanley Cup. What? Um, yeah. The St. Louis Blues have yeah. never won the Stanley Cup? I, again, I'm not a hockey fan, really. That can't so. be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. I think it's right. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe not. 
Jeffy, look it up. I'm looking it up up right now. That can't be true. Because you know who else is a big St. Louis Blues fan? Is our own Dana Lash. And Chris left. Well, I like yeah. the St. Louis Blues. Uh, yeah, if I, I were to follow hockey, it would be the Blues. Well, I used to love the, the Brett Hall days. When, when Brett yeah, Hall was, he right? was the man. He was yeah. the man back in the day. But I, I don't follow hockey on a day-to-day basis. Sat down and watched that game, which was amazing. They were up 3-1. to one. And, and you, like, I'm not a fan of hockey because there's not a lot going on. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't understand the, the offsides or icing the, or yeah, whatever. There's a I lot don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I, don't, I, I get it enough, but I, I, don't, I was asking a lot of dumb questions throughout the game. However, uh, they were at 3-1, to one, uh, two late goals by the Wild. It was in Minnesota, so tied it at three, went into overtime. They won in overtime. Uh, Who to, did? To win the, the Blues series, or the Blues. So they advanced okay. out of the final, the semifinals. Okay, tell, uh, me they've, yeah. tell me they've won. They have won. I thought so. Yes. Yeah, they had to have. Really? I mean, they're the St. Louis Blues. All St. Louis franchises have won. Yes. Well, I don't know something. what else. I mean, Except for the Rams. Well, he, he, I will say, uh, yeah, um, he added some, I, I would say, qualifiers to that statement, which I don't remember what they were. Oh. So I, I took it as they had never won, but it, it, he said something they haven't won since maybe. Probably, yeah, in a while. Uh, yeah. When was, right. when, did, when was the last time they won, Jeffy? I'm looking for that right now. I, I looked to see if they're the list of teams that had uh, never won and they're not on and and they're they not, not on. but it might have been it might have been from the initial expansion like they were uh, since then i don't know he said some sort of disqual- this is not the point of this of course no the point is byu <laughs> hockey uh, which uh, now they're playing wait they're playing minnesota yeah they St. just Louis? beat minnesota. Now, minnesota has not won uh, minnesota right, wild yeah they're no they're a brand new team they're on the right. list. they're they're, they're a brand new, new team yeah cuz it was a Minnesota well, they, North Stars right. and now they're and the Dallas And then they moved Stars. to Dallas. And the Minnesota Wild are a replacement. Yeah. Mhm. Um so and I don't I don't Have the Dallas Stars ever won? Yes. yes. Have they? Yeah, I think oh. they did. Yeah, they pulled one off a few years ago, right? All right. 99, 99 I'm told. being told. We're told. I'm not a hockey fan obviously. And yeah, so I don't I'm obviously. not I don't, I didn't want to do 4 minutes on hockey, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> I didn't think I could do. I became, I'll tell you I became a, a fan of the Lightning were in the playoffs and won the Stanley Cup, man. That was a good year in Tampa. That oh was yeah, fun. that was cool. That was fun. It's a weird. Uh, that's a weird thing. Uh, hockey in Dallas and Tampa. It and sure is. But places. I'm telling you, when they but were on that streak, to, to go people to the, seem to like it, though, right? Yeah. So yeah, as long as they're winning. Yeah, that's the Gotta thing. Well, every Same every team here, has man. to be winning. I mean, you're not that, winning. It's a ghost town in that ice palace, man. You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. I think we've got something uh-huh. fabulous from the wonderful world of Stu. Do we not? Okay, so here we go. 1969-1970, 45 seasons since they've won a Stanley Cup. The St. Louis Blues. Yes. 1969-1970. Wow. been that long? Yeah, I guess. And, wow. Uh, and so they lost in 71, 72, uh, 71, 85, 2000, and 2015. Wow. Um, once huh. they lost in the conference final. Um, anyway, so it's been a long time. Yeah, uh, a very long time. St. Louis Blues. And f- yeah, for- 48, last Stanley Cup. Never. It says right here, never. They've never won the Stanley Cup. For the St. Louis Blues? Yeah. I mean, that's what it says here. Stanley Cup. This is a list of uh, teams right. and the number of seasons they have won. Um, Which teams have never won a Stanley Cup? The list I'm looking at, they're not on it. I mean, I guess we're looking at two different lists. I guess we are. I don't know. But it's been 48 seasons they, they, since the inception of the franchise, 1967-1968. So, again, oh. n- now we're at six minutes on hockey, which I really did not intend. Well, I tried to get you into the, you the did, uh, wonderful I, world of Stu, yes. but you wouldn't go there. Well, I was so. tr- that's how I started. I said, we're here about the wonderful world of Stu, and you said BYU baseball. <laughs> I know. I said that's what everybody's talking about is wonderful world of Stu. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. And, as well uh, as the David Horowitz book. And BYU baseball. So now six minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds on this, uh, and we're yes. about to get to this thing. I, Here it I, is. I posted this the other day um, uh, on Facebook. You can play it and share it on, please go to Facebook and share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. 
uh, spread this message around because I honestly believe this is the biggest story in the world. It's the biggest story of our lifetimes, um, and yet we spend zero time actually thinking about it. Uh, so check this out. This is from this past episode of The Wonderful World of Stu, season premiere. If a Boeing 747 filled with people crashed into the ocean, killing everyone on board, would that make the news? What if the plane was filled entirely with children? And it's a huge story, right? Particularly because no airline should employ child pilots. What if a plane carrying 620 children crashed? Not into the ocean, but instead into a Chuck E. Cheese, killing another 620 children. And also catching Chuck E. Cheese himself on fire. Then Chuck ran blindly through the parking lot and into the freeway, causing a massive accident, killing another 620 children. All the adults survived for some reason. Then, one of the cars swerved into a gas station, hitting a massive propane tank, shooting it into the air like a rocket, and as it crashed to the earth, it completely annihilated a sold-out concert of Yo Gabba Gabba Live, tragically killing another 15,000 children. What a crappy day, right? Total death count, 17,258. Would that make the news? Unless it happened the same day Kim Kardashian posted another naked picture of her ass, of course it would. But what if we found out that this plane crash, Chuck E. Cheese car accident, propane explosion incident had instead been averted? What if someone stepped in to stop it? Would that make the news? Say it with me. No. All of those innocent children, alive because they avoided that impossible series of disasters, wouldn't even get a mention on the local news. No one would tell you about it. Let me explain. In 1990, about 9% of kids in the world didn't even make it to five years old. Their deaths were far less hilarious slapstick accident and far more soul-destroying tragedy. But despite all the bad news we hear every day, the scary new diseases, the terrorist attacks, the economic turmoil, the rumors of war, that number has fallen. By 1999, it was under 8%. By 2003, it was under 7%. Four years later, it was under 6%. Four years after that, it was under 5%. And by 2015, it had fallen to 4.25%. That's a drop in the rate of more than half, about 53%, since 1990. But no one gets excited by percentages. I know this because most people don't enjoy talking to me. So let's put it another way. In 1990, 12 million kids died. 12 freaking million. But by 2015, that number had dropped by over 6 million. If you have any sign of a heart at all, you know that 5.8 million children still dying is an unthinkable tragedy. It's actually 5.8 million unthinkable tragedies. But the progress is undeniable. If you break it down every single day, that's 17,258 children that would have been dead, but instead are alive. That's the equivalent of averting a plane full of kids crashing into a Chuck E. Cheese, causing a massive chain reaction highway pileup propane rocket Yo Gabba Gabba explosion. 17,258 kids saved every single day. Yet that incredible miracle has occurred in your lifetime and maybe your children's lifetime, and nobody has noticed. In fact, it's worse than that. About 70% of people believe poverty around the world has become worse. Why? Well, look at what's responsible for the improvements. 
freer markets, creating wealth in corners of the planet that had never before had a chance. Big Pharma, developing medicines and treatments on the backs of wealthy Americans that are now affordable across the globe. Big Agriculture, coming up with incredible ways to feed people that previously died of starvation. All of these and more are features of the biggest villain of all, good old capitalism. When capitalism is the hero, 17,258 children per day being saved isn't much of a story. So to review, the amount of children dying before age five has dropped by 53% since 1990. Over 17,000 kids that used to die every day now live largely because of capitalism spreading throughout the world. And as Arthur Brooks pointed out, it's the greatest anti-poverty achievement in the history of mankind, and it happened within our lifetimes. Take a minute to celebrate this, preferably with your living, breathing child at Chuck E. Cheese. Or borrow someone else's kid. You can't get into a Chuck E. Cheese if you don't have a kid. It's known as the Jeffy rule at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, mm. Just mm-hmm. so you... <laughs> so you're aware. Uh, it's an incredible thing, though. I mean, what a... You, you know, towards the end, I kind of threw in that stat that 70% of people think poverty around the world has gotten worse mm-hmm. recently. And instead, it's crazy. It's dropped by over half. And because instead, what leftists tend to think of capitalism as is creating income inequality. Yeah. And like, like we heard from our radio guest today, the, the, we, were, we were talking about the, the taxes that the people pay and, and mm-hmm. uh, why the progressive income tax is a bad thing and he his deal was well um equality equality what do you mean equality so everybody has to have the same income we all have to have equal outcomes that's that's communism and it doesn't work and that's what was in part responsible for the deaths of so many children yeah yeah Uh, capitalism is saving these children the the income inequality is such nonsense. How does it? You know, he was talking about uh, Bill Gates. If you don't have a, a progressive income tax, people like Bill Gates will just have everything. No, no, they won't. No, they what won't. are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I definitely disagree with that. And it, and, and and you know, um, we were talking about, uh, and we got into some of this uh, on the radio as well. Uh, whether we, the ultimate goal of a capitalist is essentially monopoly, um, and. I think that's actually true in that like when I like if our goal here at the blaze is a 100 share yeah. our go- we would absolutely love it if 100% of people only watched the blaze and we made all the money of course however the market doesn't allow that to happen right there's competition right and and whether we want it or not is there still material essentially yes uh, to that conversation right uh, but it's I, I think like you know it's the type of thing that you know even uh, Albert, uh, I always say Albert Brooks, Arthur Brooks, uh, who is the guy quoted at the end of that, had a great has a great TED talk that touches on not the exact same stuff, but a similar topic. Um, and and he talks about he quotes someone and he goes through this glorious quote about how capitalism is you know ripping people out of poverty and, and saving all these people, and and he reveals the quote is from Barack Obama. And while I certainly do not believe Barack Obama actually believes those things. It's such a, it's so obviously true that even people like Barack Obama will say it, whether they mean it or not. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see 
Because I think we all understand that as conservatives, that capitalism really helps people. But we get caught in this little argument about like, well, income inequality. Does the person who makes $35,000 a year here, should they make forty so that rich people make less money and we can redistribute some of that wealth? And it's like, think of what an insane argument that is on this planet mm-hmm. where $40,000 puts you absolutely in the top 1% or 2% of earners in, in the world. You are mm-hmm. the top 1% to the rest of the world. And people get so caught up in that argument here, they don't realize that the the positives of capitalism have lifted so many millions and millions, billions of people uh, out of poverty uh, over the past half century, um, that the, the positives are so positive. It really should be the biggest story in the world. It's much bigger than anything. It's some guy, oh, some, some doctor was on a plane that went 600 miles an hour across the country to lift him to his patients where he can make tons of money as a, as a, a physician and he had to get off the plane and he got a bloody lip out of it biggest story in the world 17,258 kids every day are not dying that did when i was in high school yeah I mean, it's incredible how fast that goes. It is. Um, and the improvements are undeniable. As, as much as it feels, I think a lot of time, because we think about like war and freaking tragedies and all these things happening, that we are actually improving things uh, for the least among us. And, and you know, like, it, we're not perfect. We're not even close. But, man, that's a but, good outcome. But think about even in, a, even in a country like China, who's just doing a hybrid. Yep. They're, they're just still, a little bit. They're still communist, but they're running this communist capitalist thing and since they started doing that Mm -hmm. they pulled 400 million people out of abject poverty 400 million people are not poor anymore that used to be before capitalism in china yeah i I mean that's staggering yeah that's more people than live in the united states of america they made much richer by by doing this hybrid of capitalism and 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 it's you know, you're totally right. What an incredible accomplishment. And like, there are times when we would see the left run commercials against right wing candidates and, and they would say, uh, you know, uh, he, all he cares about are people in China. Well, don't we care about people in China? Yeah. What do we, do we stop <laughs> yeah, we do. caring about people in China? <laughs> I know. I've always cared about people in China. <laughs> of course we care about them. Now, it's mm-hmm. okay for a country to prioritize their own citizens. But man, sure. if we can prioritize our own citizens, have the best system that's ever been developed. And at the same time, lift mm-hmm. a billion people out of poverty? It's unbelievable. I, I, that's so great. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's something we, we overlook uh, all the time. Sure is. Hmm. All right, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Much more uh, fun stuff coming up in a second. But uh, we got to tell you about your current phone carrier. Do, doing things behind your back that you just, oh, my gosh, you just will not believe. They're giving money to Planned Parenthood behind your back. They're giving money to Nancy Pelosi behind your back. Uh, Chucky Schumer behind yeah. your back, up to five percent of your bill going right to these nasty politicians and awful causes. Yeah, they're advocating for the exact opposite of the policies we just talked about. Yeah, uh, that are saving millions of people around the globe. They're advocating for the opposite of those things. And I, look, I, you know, if you want to advocate for those things, you're free to do that. We live in a society that allows for that, obviously. But I mean, should that happen with your money if you disagree with those policies? 
you know, if you're sending money to a phone company and they're supporting the opposite of what you believe, isn't that a problem? I, it's a problem for me. Uh, Patriot Mobile solves this issue. They give you all the things that you need from your phone company. Nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data and competitive prices. But they're going to donate 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Yeah, they'll even buy out your current contract with credits up to 500 per line or 1500 per account. And you can keep your phone number and you get the same nationwide coverage we're talking about. All while supporting conservative values. Now, they're going to give you a uh, iPhone 5S or a Galaxy S5 for free. When you sign up for their plan, $45, monthly unlimited talk, text, and data. That's a great plan. Yeah. Plus, you can choose from any really fo- They have pretty much every phone you need. And they give 10% off to all military veterans, first responders, and their families. So call Patriot Mobile. They'll waive the $35 activation fee if you use the promo code Pat and Stu. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stu or call them at 1-800-PATRIOT. Again, use the promo code Pat and Stu to get the $35 off. Do it now. Dude, I I think we talked about this yesterday, oh, but yes. we didn't have we didn't have <laughs> the video clip. Uh, this is priceless. Uh, Only a globalist would play this video. <laughs> a neocon globalist, globalist, neocon conservative. Uh, in the in the midst of this custody battle that Alex Jones is in, so weird. Uh, he is doing some really weird stuff. Like one of the things was. Uh, he, we told you he couldn't remember his children's uh, grades, grade levels, and I, you know, if they homeschool, that's understandable. Which we, you I, don't I, we've know. never just, seen that they homeschool. That's just yeah. a made up. We're just giving him a made up excuse. Right. I've never heard that. Because because we possible. try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but even again, him. He's on he's on television and he's divorced. Right. So I right. I guess he is remarried though. So maybe his wife is is doing the homeschooling. But I mean, he's he wouldn't be able to necessarily do it with his schedule. I don't think. Uh, probably not. Well, he wouldn't be able to. Right. But it, oh, and he has custody, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what this is all about. Okay. So, anyway, he didn't know what grade they're in, and uh, he blamed that on a bowl of chili he had for lunch. <laughs> so. I had a huge bowl of chili for lunch. <laughs> uh, I mean, a jalapeno right now, Judge. So I can't remember. I <laughs> uh, had a steak last night. Uh, I'm bursting with protein right now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> bursting with protein. <laughs> I'm bursting. That is exactly what he would he say. He would. He would. And then he'd take his shirt off and show the judge how he's bursting. Ooh, today's a big day, too. Is it? Why? At the courthouse. Yeah. So what let's is do this. And I mean, okay. let's watch okay. the video. And- so if you're in the middle of this, though, you're trying to prove you're sane. Do you release this video I mean, this on is, the same day? This is unbelievable. It's a weird diagram about how, how you're supposed to have kids when you're 16. There's a weird ser- series around it. I mean, I read a lot of it. Really? Uh, I haven't actually seen it yet, so let's let's watch a clip. <laughs> when I was 16, yeah, I didn't want to party anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to play games anymore. I grew up. I'd already been in the fights, all the big rituals. I'd already had probably, a, I hate to brag, so I'm not bragging, it's actually shameful, probably 150 women or more. That's conservative. <laughs> I'd had over 150 women. I'd already been in fights with full-grown men. I was already dating college girls by the time I was 15 years old. I was already a man at 16. <laughs> at 21, I was a leader. It's an important part coming at up. At 21, here, by the way. I had a radio show, one of the biggest stations in town. And by 22, I had top. Wait for ratings. 24. 
Hopefully we get to 24. By 23, I was syndicated. Wait, here it comes. That's oh, over. Oh, oh, darn it. Oh, it's got the How is that it. possible? So what was going to happen at 24? At 24, he says, at 24, I, uh, I had a son. Uh, an undisclosed son. <laughs> no one has ever heard of a son he had Seriously? at 24 years old. Oh. The kids that he's fighting on custody over are, are much younger than that. Oh, my God. So it, as of, like, and again, like, it's not Alex Jones's, you know, he doesn't have to, to tell everything about his history. But apparently no one had ever heard of another son that was outside of this relationship that he had. And he just threw it into the middle of his monologue <laughs> about weird. his, it's like, and he's, I was a man by 16. And I, I, don't know, I don't want to brag. I'm not bragging. It's actually shameful. 150, 150 kids. 150, 150 women, excuse me. 115. So he's saying, now again, we're talking about mass statutory rape at, at a scale never before been he contemplated. Sex, and, uh, and he's he's disclosed before that it was a lot of college chicks yes. yeah. having sex with him when he was 13, 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and 150 of them. Come on now. Come well, according on to this, for, for context, uh, Alex Jones was 16 in 1990. In 1990, the population of Rockwell, Texas was about 10,000. That'd be about 3% of the female population. (laughs) That's great. By the way, uh, to speak about Wonderful World of Stu one more time, if I may, uh, this weekend we expose Alex Jones. Uh, we tell you the truth about him. He's a big conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. He wants to tell you the truth about everything else, and he's very clear about wanting to do that. However, he doesn't want the truth told about him. We reveal that truth this weekend on The Wonderful World of Steel. You Excited don't want to miss it. It's An expose awesome. on Alex Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Alex so, Jones is also getting sued um, by Chibani Oh, yogurt. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting sued by a yogurt company. <laughs> Um, well, they're a little upset because he kept saying that uh, the employees of Chibani were raping a bunch of kids, and then for some reason <laughs> they got mad. The yogurt company was like, "You know, huh. we're not, we're not, we're not where huge fans." Hell, where did he get that? Well, I guess Chibani—it's a Greek company, and they they do take in a lot of refugees. They're known for taking in refugees and, and, and giving them jobs. Yeah. Um, so it's become sort of a. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a conspiracy theory on the you know on the right sort of side of the internet, saying like, oh, we shouldn't have refugees. Look what's happening at Shibani Yogurt, and I guess it became a thing, uh, largely because of Alex Jones, of course, because they had refugees, and there was, I guess, one incident where uh, uh, three children were um, involved in some sort of the younger children were involved with other children. Like, there's one incident of this. So that turned into this mm. huge, it was a rapathon at Shibata Yogurt. Because they just, you know, of course, exaggerated. And many sites made up stuff. So and, one employee did do? No, no, a child did. Oh, okay. there was a There was one, uh, three refugee boys, young boys, assaulted a young girl. Uh, oh, it was, wow. but it was, and it was among it, the refugees. Among the refugees, um, and so that was a story in which, however, it was not like it was not rape. It was some sort of like they, I don't know. It was a, it was a not a good story, obviously, but it, it was told in many different uh, false ways by Alex Jones and his website. Um, the three boys, uh, false flag, as young as seven, by the false way, false flag, pled what guilty. What it was, Stu? Yeah, false it's a flag. False flag. Um, this is these are, no real flags, no. as you know, right? So one of the. Right, there's no flags that actually exist. Uh, here are the uh, the uh, headlines that uh, ran on Infowars. Mainstream media covers for globalist refugee import program after child rape case. Jeez. Idaho yogurt maker caught importing migrant rapists. 
<laughs> oh, man. This guy. I swear, he's uh, one of the worst uh, that our society can produce in so many ways, but it's... Yep. If you kind of take it in the humorous spirit that it is not intended, man, it makes you laugh. And then uh, allegations that Chabadi's practice of hiring refugees brought crime and tuberculosis to Twin Falls. <laughs> <laughs> so Twin Falls, Idaho is now rife with, with yeah, crime. Child rapists and, and tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Yes. Um, wow. Now, Chabani is just, they're not asking for a ton of money here, but you're see, what you're seeing, I think like $10,000, $10, which I, surely they'll get. Um, they probably just want him to stop. They want him to stop. They want a public Take apology. Take it back. And what's what's happening here is Alex Jones has lived in this sort of uh, protected bubble where he could say right, anything he wants. Right, because nobody had no ever heard of him. Seriously. Nobody cared what he said because right. it was only a small little. But now, with his support for Trump and yep. Trump calling him and adding legitimacy to him, yep, and 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 uh, doing interviews and saying he has a great reputation. Yeah. Now he's in this world, and now he's being held accountable for all the crazy crap he says, which is great. Which is it's good. Yeah, it's, I mean, like. You you know, Good. look, you shouldn't be able to just lie. No. You know, I, I understand that you can have a different political And opinion. that's what he does. He yeah. just lies. He, I mean, absolutely. He just lies. I mean, flat out lies. I, I, and he knows he's absolutely lying. Come on. Um, uh, so Tension, Tensions flared up at court today, though. Okay, what happened? Uh, here was, as a rundown, a quick rundown, um, uh, both sides, attorneys, KJ, the, the ex-wife, attorneys again brought up uh, Alex's claim of sleeping with 150 women. AJ's attorneys are asking for a mistrial. Alex wants a mistrial from this whole thing. Uh, Says that uh, KJ, the ex-wife, continues to defy judges' order. We are not going to allow this court to try InfoWars. So yeah, this is and this is the big Alex Jones uh, push on this. Right. Is to say, look, uh, that's a persona I play, uh, and you can't tr- you can't. Put me on he, trial. I'm sorry, it. you can't have it both ways. Well, that's, that's what, what he's trying to do. Here. And KJ's attorneys both. are saying that. that look, the keep info wars out of the trial is allowing Jones to be shielded. Yeah, relevant to his him being a role model. You, you can't, can't leave it either. Out. Either this is real stuff. He really believes his stuff, and he's stark raving freaking nuts. Or it's a character, and you, you can't have it both ways. So decide. You want your career, or you want your kids. Um, but mm. here, this is kind of interesting because four four psychology experts. <laughs> have sounded off on why he's always taking his shirt off. I love this. Keith Campbell, Ph.D., professor of psychology at uh, University of Georgia. Uh, number one, it's, atten- it's an attention-grabbing shtick to show power. Wrestlers like Hulk Hogan do this. Yeah, they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Alex's philosophical touch points is the flight between man and the machine. The nakedness is a display of humanity. Wow, that's pretty deep. Uh, vanity and exhibitionism might also be an issue. You think? Mm. Uh, well, listen, that, that's tough to that's tough to get over. Uh, Kurt Gray, PhD at uh, University of North Carolina, says it's pretty weird. <laughs> I guess it seems like a dominance display, like when animals puff up their chests and peacock peacocks open their tails. This sounds about right, doesn't it? And it's, it's, uh, it's how it feels. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Joshua Noby uh, from uh, Yale says, you can see a person in two ways, in terms of their capacity for rational agency, accomplishing goals, thinking about moral questions, exerting self-control. Or you can see them in terms of these more animalistic aspects of the self. You can see a person as capable of feeling pain, feeling afraid, experiencing love, feeling fear. Um, there is, seems to be a trade-off between these two. The more you see people as having these one of these qualities, the less you see of having the other. Taking your clothes off affects a shift in this trade-off. People, on one hand, less see you as being capable of rational part of the mind, less capable of self-control, less capable of uh, any of that stuff. So I like what Gartner, uh, John Gartner says, co-founder of Duty to Warn. 
Uh, it's a diagnosis of malignant narcissism. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll go with that. All right, more patents, too, coming up in a second. Jeff, do you want to uh, match this photo behind you? His wife on the stand called this morning called him angry, volatile, hateful person with racist, homophobic views. Oh, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's, uh, it's malignant narcissism. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, you, can you strike the pose while we go to commercial here? Can you look at the pose behind you? You can pull that off, right? Take off the glasses and... <laughs> no, no, don't touch the shirt. You always want to take your shirt off. All right, let's go to break before you take And there's a shirt off. off. Well, I mean, if we don't get to commercial soon. Oh, there you go. All right. It's soda week. Soda week. Yep. It's, it's always soda. soda. Always it's always soda. soda. Crackers. Hit the nail on soda the head. Or something. Soda or During soda week, some yes, it is some always kind of soda. soda. Uh, th- today we we soda had- yesterday, Stu. We, right? we had soda Sorry. yesterday. Now we got it again today. So two kinds of soda. I will admit, <laughs> I have had one of these before. Uh, oh, just you Because have. I drink a lot of you soda. Bastard. Uh, this, Which one? This one. This butterscotch uh, beer. It's pretty and good. And you like it? I liked it. Um, but I'll taste it again and give you a rating. And also, Nichols Cola. So what's the name of this butterscotch beer? It is Flying Cauldron? Flying Cauldron, yeah. non-alcoholic. I'm a big fan of Ooh. somebody trying to come up with a new flavor of soda. You know, yeah, be a little innovative. Don't just put, butterscotch. You, hey, I've got cola now. I'm going to put cherries in the cola. And this is cola cola, That's just, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a called, it's called Nichols oh. Cola. Now, Special brand. Now, which one are you going to Any first? cola has a really... You already really drank some? Yeah, you poured it in the glass. All right, here it is. This is butterscotch. Now, it looks like beer. It is which, not Are we doing butterscotch however. first? Yeah, we're going to go with butterscotch beer first. All right. mm. Not bad. It smells like oh, a butterscotch it smells candy. Good. It smells really good. It smells good. just like one of those butterscotch candy. Mm-hmm. Brock's butterscotch candy. No, what's the mm. other one? Not Brock's, but... Uh, I like it. I mean, it tastes Carmely, like... Caramely, sort of. Yeah. You know? oh, um, it tastes like if you've ever had one of those, you know, little hard candies, the butterscotch, it's like yes. drinking one of those. I mean, it really is. It's, That's really good. I a, like it. It's a really good flavor. Uh, I really like this a lot. If you're going to have a, I think I'd buy it. Um, I occasionally, uh, on like holidays, will do soda tastings, in which I'll go buy a bunch of these kind of crazy sodas and do a bunch of, just try a bunch of them. This uh-huh. is a great one for a holiday. I don't, for some reason, it, to me, it just reminds me of like a Christmas meal. And you have this as kind of like an after, uh, after. Yeah. I don't think you can have 20 of them in a it's, month. It's pretty know? sweet. It's, it's almost sweet. like dessert. Yeah, uh, but it is uh, delicious. And uh, good. we also have nickel cola. I'll give that a 14. Uh, yeah, I'll give that a 15. I yeah? really do like okay. it. It's Other than it just being a little too sugary to eat, drink all the time, I think. And we know Jeffy's incapable of giving any number, including 18, apparently. Yep. Um, so, this, so this nickel coal has been around since 1936. Uh, so it's just a uh, brand of coal. Let's give it a shot. Every cola has a hard time because you're always sure compared does. to Coke and Pepsi. Yep. And it you sure can does. never win you that can. battle, right? No, that's why they're the top, right? People love Coke and Pepsi, yeah. and we don't and like this Mr. Pib. Or- yeah, I was reading something this morning that they were saying that when if you do blind taste tests RC of cola. Yeah, um, and I can't really the way they phrased no, it was. I don't like that. Uh, I do like it. It's, it I'll, I'll give, give it, it a, a seven. I'll give it a twelve. Um, Jeffy, that's want? okay. I mean, it's not Coca Cola. That's no. for sure. Um, no, or However, Pepsi. Uh, they said that if you do a blind taste test in the East, they'll like Minute Maid, and it, and, and if they do it in the West, it's Tropicana. Really? Oh, or whatever. Right. The, I think right, those right. are the, the two. Difference? And it's because it's just what they grew up with. People yeah, yeah. will like the one yeah, they yeah. grew up with. And you grow up with Coke, you're going to like Coke. Or you're going to like Pepsi. Now, if you, if you set this out, I could, tell, I could tell you that's not Coke or Pepsi. Yes. I, I wouldn't know what it is, but that's not Coke or Pepsi. Right. And then if you put Pepsi here, I'd know that. And if you put Coke here, would 
Because a lot yeah. of people say, well, that Coke oh, and Pepsi taste totally. the same thing. No, no they don't. They're completely different. No. Uh, by the way, we also have floats here. Oh, yeah. Um, now, you're just mm-hmm. eating the ice cream out of the... Mm-hmm. Out of the cup. That's that. that is what I'm doing. So you're just taste testing the ice cream? Yeah. Um, the ice cream, I'll give an 18. So it's just this regular ice cream, right? Vanilla. <laughs> the vanilla ice cream, I mean, it's, it tastes like it's made with whole milk. Oh, jeez. Gosh, I hate them. I mean, don't, don't, don't applaud that. that. Do not encourage him. <laughs> don't applaud that. Um, I am interested in this, uh, the idea mm. of this butterscotch Me float, too. though. Not bad. Um, because of course you've the already butterscotch tried it. with the ice cream is probably pretty good. Have mm-hmm. you have you done that? Yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very creamy. Mm. Again, like, and you know what? It cuts the sweetness like of that. the butterscotch beer a little bit. Yeah, it does. You know, I think you could make a really good butterscotch shake mm-hmm. uh, if you had a blender Ooh. handy with this uh, particular oh, yeah. product. Uh, so. I yeah. assume that'll be on tomorrow's spoon since I just mentioned it. Um, <laughs> this is really good. Mm-hmm. So these are all found, I guess, at, at Cracker Barrel? Is it Cracker Barrel? I know yeah. Cracker Barrel um, does a lot of these kind of crazy sodas. Um, if you have a world market near you, oh, yeah, they uh, they're another tons. one. Does a lot, does, oh. uh, that's a good place to go for them. Do we have that here? They're, they're yeah. definitely here. I just don't know market. if they're all over the uh, country. They are, though, right? Hmm. Anyway, uh, good good thing to try different sodas. Again, I'm going uh, 15 for the butterscotch beer, uh, about a 12 for the nickel cola. 14 and seven, about right for you guys to score. Yeah, you <laughs> guys, what is you guys? Our scores were completely different. Denton for it. It's, a, it's crazy. Uh, Glenn Beck uh, is a host on this particular network. Um, you, you're talking about coming together and having uh, you know the, the split between parties as Patty's ice cream. Uh, Glenn is probably taking on a little bit more serious topics than soda. Uh, he's talking about the Are politics. there more serious topics in there? No. Well, ice cream. Okay. Tom Perez is the new DNC chair, and he had um, a unity tour with our favorite socialist, Bernie Sanders, last week. And ironically, in this unity tour, he used some of the most divisive rhetoric out there. You know, he said that Republicans and Trump don't give an expletive about people. Um, And that that was his way of, I guess inciting discontentment and anger to try to get everyone behind the same platform, but no real talk of that platform. And even the New York Times is saying, okay, this unity tour actually showed more confusion and more factions within the Democratic Party than than they obviously were trying to do. They were trying to unify them. It's so interesting, though, because they condemned Trump for the last you know year for being divisive, for using vulgar rhetoric, for not being politically correct. Are they trying to fight fire with fire? Do they know what they're doing? Are they just angry, trying to get people Does mad? Does anybody think that the Democratic Party is going to win with this strategy? I mean, I think, I think they're going to either be gobbled up. I mean, because number two under Perez is, uh, what's his face, from uh, Minnesota? Ellison. Ellison, Keith Ellison. Uh, I mean, they have the radical Marxists and the radical Islamists uh, in that party, and I think those two are going to gobble up the people like Nancy Pelosi. They're worthless. They're worthless. It's not a winning strategy. If the Democrats want to win in 2018, they have to follow the strategy from 2006, and that's the strategy Rahm Emanuel and David Plouffe and 
implemented. Recruiting candidates in Republican districts that can win in a Republican. You want to you want to win in a Republican district? Recruit a veteran. Recruit you know. Uh, police officers recruit. They're not going to because they won't. That's be how they won in 2006. And if they don't follow it, they're going to lose. They're not going to because this is go- this playbook is coming in America. There are too many people. Look at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at Bill Maher, for example. So Bill Maher, uh, I guess controversy and freedom of speech makes strange bedfellows because now Bill Maher is standing up for Ann Coulter and her ability to be able to exercise her free speech on the campus. Right. It's just, it's, it's so interesting, especially when you look at Democrats. They're positioning themselves as the antagonistic party against every, against everything, but not really being for anything. And unity is a great result, but it's a, it's not a good goal. You want a, a good goal is being able to see, to see progress, to see the flourishing of society through public policy proposals when unity is the goal you get together but what are you doing when you're together and I think so, if it's about class if it's your classical liberal though it's actually not strange bedfellows it's, it's not the actual oh you're a liberal yeah you should be for free speech mm-hmm. i mean uc berkeley is the birthplace of the free speech movement and it's so not ironic anymore. that we're going yeah. not anymore absolutely it's definitely the hopefully not, uh, the death of the free speech movement. Um, and I think that's why it's so important that student organizations like uh, Young Americans Foundation and these conservative groups that are the ones who invited Ann Coulter to come to UC Berkeley and speak about you know, whatever she wanted to speak about um, are you know, threatening to sue UC Berkeley if they continue with this and don't allow her to speak. Because it's not really about just conservative students. It's about anybody else who has a different... Uh, a different viewpoint than what the administration wants them to have. And, and, that's and what it. happens yeah. when when we label everything hate speech because we say, okay, well, that justifies the banning because she's being hateful, she's being exclusive. But what happens when anything can be categorized as that? Do we just ban all speech? And well, now it's the, speech, but is it religion later? Well, they say they say that, you know, oh, that'll never happen, common sense. But common sense left us a long time ago. <laughs> we, that, that's in our rear window, <laughs> our rear, rear view mirror a long time ago. And, and now... There was a university or a college that I read about last week. I don't remember the name. Small college I had never heard of. You know where I'm going? Uh, the banning the truth. Yeah, uh, that there is, there is no, no truth. truth. That truth is a myth. Well, if truth is a myth, then it means that whoever is on top of the pile gets to decide what the truth is. You, they will say whatever is hate speech, whoever gets to the top of the pile. This is so dangerous, and our schools are being helicopter parents. Oh, you don't want to scratch. You don't want to boo-boo. You don't want to think. You don't have to listen to that, honey. I'm there to protect you. It's going to end in disaster. And the funny thing is, they don't. it's not just you know, exclusive to the free speech movement or the First Amendment. I mean, as an activist, a Second Amendment activist, we heard these same arguments about the Second Amendment, that, for one, they use free speech to say that it's going to, Second Amendment is going to inhibit their free speech on campus. They use it on the reverse end when they want to. But also that they use common sense. How many times we use hear that phrase common sense when it comes to gun control? Common sense is something that they use to say that if it's not within this bubble, then it's not common sense. Yeah, but and that's they, what inhibits everybody else made, able to... You could have, right. and they made that case 10 years ago, that they were the common sense pragmatists. Mm-hmm. But that's not what is coming out of people's mouths now. That's, that's not what is happening with, you know, as they're burning down... Uh, Berkeley. It, it's, it, this isn't common sense. Common sense would tell you, okay, we need to look at who's coming in here. We need to understand that there is truth. We need to understand that 
You know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's common sense. This is sheer Marxism and sheer fascism, depending on which side you're going. I mean, it it doesn't make sense. They're literally using their free speech to shut down others' free speech. And so Ben Sass has been uh, throwing out a statistic lately, the senator from Nebraska, that says 41% of college students believe that the First Amendment is dangerous. Um, And so when you take away the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, what has George Washington said? That we will be like sheep led to slaughter. Slaughter. And the thing is, is that they do believe in truth. Mm-hmm. These college students just don't know that they believe in truth, but they do. They wouldn't be burning, rioting, looting if they didn't believe in truth. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is defending their truth to the death. They're saying there is no absolute truth, and I know that absolutely. And they don't realize that they're... That they're idea is paradoxical, but it is. But they absolutely believe in truth. You don't riot and loot and do the things that they're doing unless you believe in truth. They just believe they're right. I love how Warren Blackwell, what he always says is that students, college students, people think that they're liberal, right? It's not true. College students are apathetic. They don't know what they believe yet. The, the big thing is that you have to get to them before someone gets to them first. And if you get to them first, then you can really change your mind. I mean, I was, I voted for Obama twice. I you know, 2012, I was a college student. Until I did my own research, until I had people come up to me who I thought at first were the racist and sexist that people thought, people had told me that as a liberal that the, the other side was, until so I started meeting those people and realizing they weren't. Um, the more you meet other people with different ideas, the more you you're, you're tend to, to retract the ideas that you had before is, that you didn't really believe. It is why I've been saying we have to change the language that we're using. We have to disarm ourselves first and start talking to people because once you get to know them, you know that they're not the monsters you think and they get to know you and you're not, and they go, you're not the person I thought. Caleb. So there's, there's another angle about the college campuses that I think we, we should address and that's college Republicans and college conservatives kind of near obsession with inviting people like Milo and people like Ann Coulter. Because these people aren't conservative. They're yes. self-promoters, flamethrowers. And instead of, I feel like, I feel like college conservatives just want to punch people on the left in the Does face. Because it feels good. And instead of inviting people like a George Will or a Jonah Goldberg or... Ben uh, Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. He is a bomb thrower, but he is also a rock-solid conservative. Exactly. But there's so many great conservative thinkers out there that you could bring on a college campus and have a good discussion but there's this weird obsession with college Republicans, and they just want someone to punch the other side in the well, face. In their defense, though, they have invited Ben Shapiro, and places like DePaul has, has banned them. Yeah, so it's not only those people that they're inviting. And who's that guy that wrote The Bell Curve? What's his name? Charles Murray. Yeah, I mean, he was he was rioted. He was protested, too. He was True. spat on. And I don't think that he's a provocateur. He oh, just no. wrote a book. True. God forbid if a college student would think... And hear a different point of view. You get more people like me changing their minds and advocating for it. (laughs) What is the point of college? What What are you paying for? For somebody to tell you you're right? I want somebody, the difference is I paid for it myself at 30. And I could only afford one class, one. And I wanted every second of that class to count. And man, I would push that professor up against the wall and he would push me up against the wall. That's what you want. You want somebody to, I want to walk out of there. I was just talking to somebody about how debating and how, what I want from television. 
I want to hear a pro-choice argument that is so rock solid that I go, crap, I've never thought of it that way. That's what I want. I want the real arguments, not this crap that we're seeing. That's what you're paying $250,000 for when you go to college, a good college. And what are you getting? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't you write. You're right. Oh, you didn't like your grade? Well, let me change your grade for you. And you should have me in a safe space. Shouldn't have to take that from her. I want, if I'm going to send my kids to college, they're going to mental boot camp.